We open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us, Lord. And we pray that your word would pierce our hearts and challenge us and change us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Exodus 20, the first five verses is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Everyone say the Ten Commandments. And this is how it begins. I just want you to follow along with me. Uh, All the Ten Commandments are of great importance for us. But look how God begins as he, the first things he really begins to establish with the children of Israel and with us. He says this, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Stop right there. We didn't come from Egypt. But how many of you know God delivered us out of bondage? How many of you used to live in an Egypt in your own world of bondage and, and you were under the, in fact, the Bible says we were under the bondage of sin and death, but Jesus came along. See, I'll never get done if I start commentating like this. Jesus came along and set us free. Somebody smile and say amen. And God's affirming to the people here. He says, listen, I brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. And then he says this, the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and to keep my commandments. And everybody said, amen. I love the quote that uh, Kyle Eidelman said about his series and about idolatry. He said, idolatry is not an issue. It is the issue of our time. And when you study the word of God, you and I will realize, and this was a little surprising to me, that, uh, that, uh, Idolatry is one of the common themes throughout Scripture. Uh, and, uh, and the first commandment and the second commandment have to do with idolatry. Now, uh, idolatry today is different than it was back in the Old Testament. We don't necessarily, I, I've never bowed down to any molten image or any, any carved image or a statue. And so the tendency among Americans and among, you know, uh, that's why I'm calling it American idols because we have modernized, if you will, our idols to the point that they don't look like idols. And so people are in denial. And, and uh, so we've got to, it's, you know, in fact, let me just say this about idolatry. It's not about statues. It's not about uh, uh, graven images. It's not even about religion. Hello. It's really not. And we have this concept because we've read about the idol worship in, in, in the Old Testament. And we have this mindset. But how many of you know, <coughs> pardon me, the Ten Commandments work for us today just like they worked for them back then. And so we need to understand that. Uh, In fact, let me give you this definition of an idol. An idol is anything that takes the place of God on the throne room of your heart. Let's read that together. An idol, what is it? Anything that takes the place of God on the throne room of your heart. Everyone say anything. In fact, anything can be a good thing. Anything can be a great thing. Anything can become an idol if we misappropriate the priorities and really if we begin to bow down to certain things and they begin to control our life. So anything can be an idol. How many of you know having goals in life are good? 
But how many of you know that goal, those goals can become your idol? Because you begin to serve those goals and just so we can go on and on. Uh, hey, the kids are gone. How many of you know, let me just change the word. How many of you know sex is not good? It's great. In the context of the biblical description, amen? But how many of you know it can become an idol? What God created can become an idol. You see, the things that God gives us, in fact, the Bible says he gives us all good things to enjoy. But when we begin to enjoy the things and worship the creature, if you will, rather than the creator, we are beginning to bow down to idols. Man, family is great. But your family can can take the place of God on the throne room of your heart. And so we need to understand that our careers, our possessions. All that we have, God gives us our, the, the good things to enjoy. But how many of you know money can become your idol? And success can become an idol in our life. And so understand something today. There's a problem with idolatry, not only in the world, but in the church. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to do our best to dethrone the modern day idols of our time. I think of the children of Israel, you know, when they were going, uh, being led through the wilderness, uh, they were blessed by the Egyptians with gold and blessings. And I've always said this, you may not realize it or not, but according to scripture, uh, these, the Jews left uh, Egypt, not only with the shirt on their back, but they had the gold and the jewelry from the Egyptians. They looked like Mr. T times 10. I mean, when the sun hit those million uh, plus, however many uh, Jews that were, uh, man, they were just glittered, man, it was great. But how many of you know that that was good for them, but they turned it into a molten image. And so understand this, uh, idol is anything, everyone say anything, anything that takes the place of God on the throne room of your heart. And as a result, we've got to address that. We've got to deal with it. And, and uh, uh, you know what most people do? They just deny it. Because they, they, they don't relate, uh, you know, golden calves and images. Uh, we just deny it. But uh, the reality is what we need to understand about how we're made and about, about dealing with uh, idolatry. It's one of the most repeated themes in Scripture. The first, of the, the first and second commandment, deal with idolatry. So we've got to deal with it and not just deny it in our life. And begin to address these modern day idols that have erected themselves in our lives. And so here's the reality. Here's what you need to understand. I need to understand. We're natural born worshipers. That's our nature. You were born a worshiper. Everyone say, I was born a worshiper. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. We're hardwired to worship. And if we don't put God on the throne of room of our hearts, something else will take its place. The vacuum, there's no such thing as a spiritual vacuum. We will bow down and we will worship something or somebody other than God if God is not in charge of our life. And so we need to understand that and embrace that and not deny the reality of modern day idols. You, you see, the, the, the capacity or the, the, the ability to worship, you're hardwired to worship. You're hardwired to serve. In fact, verse five, it says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You see, I love the fact that he got that, those two. You shall not bow. You say, I don't bow down to my money. I don't bow down to these things. But how many of you know, sometimes we start serving our money rather than our money serving us. 
Sometimes we start serving our career rather than our career serving us. Sometimes we serve our family to the point that God is pushed out to the side and becomes a little bitty part of the puzzle of our life and to the, of, the, of the pie of our life. And so we, we, we've got to embrace the reality that this is who we are. In fact, Bob Dylan, he got it right. Whether you like his music or not, he said, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Why? Because it's our nature. And if we can come to the place where we dethrone these modern day idols out of our life, woo! let me tell you something. Our worship to God is going to begin to skyrocket. The, the blessings in the spiritual atmosphere are going to begin to be made manifest in us. So we've got to deal with it. Now, the problem with American uh, uh, mindset and American culture, we deal with things mostly the wrong way. We, we have our own methodologies to deal with our devils. How, how many of you know that's true? And we've de- divined some things and decided to, hey, here's some methodology. I want to give you some modern day methodologies, some flawed methodology that we deal, how America deals with our, with our modern day idols. Let me just enumerate them for you. And then I'm going to give you a, a little beginning on dethroning these things. Here's how we do it most of the time. Number one, through medication. Everyone say Medication. How many of you know most medication just deals with the symptoms and not the source of the problem? Right? Hey, let me give you an illustration. In fact, I got it from Kyle Eidelman. Let's say a guy has, say you, you just got a terrible cough and you just can't shake it. And finally, you just cough, cough. Finally, he said, I got to go to the doctor. And the doctor runs you through a battery of tests and he, he takes an x-ray of your lungs and he sees in there evidently that your lungs are filled with cancer. And he knows this is hopeless. At least he thinks it is. But because he doesn't want your, this bad news to rock your world, when you come through all the tests, he sets you down. He says, well, here, let me prescribe to you some cough medicine. And this will help you quit coughing. And you go, okay, that's what I want to do, quit coughing. How many of you know he did nothing good for you? But you know what modern day America does? We try to deal with the symptoms, but not the source. We have all these symptoms of modern day idolatry in our life. And so what we try to do is we medicate the, uh, medicate the symptoms. And so if I get the symptoms uh, off my back, then I'm okay. How many of you know all the while the modern day idols still remain on the throne room of our hearts? You see... We can't just deal with the fruit of the problem. We got to get to the root of the problem. Everyone say the root of the problem. And many times, in fact, as you go through this series, you're going to realize that most every hang up we have in life has its source in a modern day idol that is sitting on the throne room of our heart. And so when we get that understanding... It'll help us move beyond this flawed methodology that we've adopted. You know, we're just going to medicate. How many of you know a lot of times we do things just to medicate and kind of knock the symptoms? If you're having issues uh, that cause you to be depressed, we've got all kinds of things, not just actual medications, but, you know, we medicate ourselves with fun and frivolity, whatever we can do. All the while, the idol still remains on the throne room of our heart. And so there's medication. Number two, Americans and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people around the world, not only uh, do we uh, deal with our idols through medication, but we do it through, we deal with them through mediation. How many of you know 
people try to mediate or negotiate with their circumstances. And you, let me just say, you can't negotiate with an idol. You can't negotiate with a, you can't, ha, you can't make a peace treaty with something that has its, at its root and core, the, 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 the role of controlling your life. And so you can't mediate, you can't have a peace treaty. In fact, you know what my Bible tells me about the end of all things? How many of you want to know what's going to happen at the end of all things? The revelation says this, I think it's revelation 11. It says the angel said in the kingdoms of this world will become or have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. So the end of the story is God is in charge. Until then, understand this, you can't negotiate with your idols. In fact, how many of you remember in Matthew 4 where Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and the devil came to him and tempted him? I don't have time to go and read all that, but when you read that, you know what the devil sounded like? A negotiator. He was trying to make a deal. Listen, you cannot negotiate with, with, with idols, with things that are in charge of your life. Many times we find ourselves in a negotiation process with the devil, with a negotiation process with our idol, so we can kind of cohabitate with one another and coexist with one another. Understand something, that's an impossibility. In fact, Exodus 20, you know what God said there when he, when he began, to, began the Ten Commandments with uh, uh, these two, you know, idol issues? He said, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, we read that and we think that, that of a hierarchy or, you know, like God's saying, I've got to be above and beyond all the other gods. But that's not what it means. In fact, before me means in my presence. So what God's saying is, I'm the only one. I will not coexist or cohabitate in your heart with any other idol or any other God. I've got to be the only one. I'll have no other gods in my presence. You can't crown me as the God of all your other gods. All the other gods have to go. There's only one throne in your heart, and it belongs to me. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Jesus said this in teaching his disciples about this whole issue in Matthew chapter 6. He says, you cannot, no man or no woman can serve two masters. It's an impossibility. Either he'll hate the one and love the other or love the one and hate the other. And so in our mindset, somehow in our Americanized mindset, we think we can medicate our problems and we can mediate with our problems. All the while, the modern day idols of our time sit comfortably on the throne rooms of our heart. Another flawed methodology that we try to throw out at our circumstances and at our, our modern day idols is not only mediation, but moderation. You ever heard this? Oh, everything in moderation. Like you can moderately deal with these things. Everything in moderation. It's as long as it's in moderation. And we try to moderate. You know what I think about a lot? You remember, how many of you watched the Bible? You saw Lot and the Ninja Angels and all that stuff. Uh, you, know, you know what Lot's problem was? He could have settled anywhere he wanted to. In fact, he and Abraham, they didn't want to have issues with one another. So Abraham said, you pick wherever you want to go and you settle. And, and I'll settle in another area. That way we're not in conflict for the, really for the grazing lands and the, for our animals and our herds and our flocks. And you know what it says about Lot? 
In fact, it says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He didn't move into Sodom. He just got real close. And I think in Lot's mind, everything's okay in moderation. All the while, the modern day idols of our time sit comfortably on the throne rooms of our hearts. So understand this. You can't serve two masters. and You certainly can't do it in moderation. Here's another one. And, and this is where a lot of us end up. Uh, um, the modern, in fact, this is a, a psychology uh, 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 philosophy. It's modification. You ever heard of behavior modification? Now, my dad's definition of behavior modification was a big black belt. Kapow! How many of you ever had that mo- behavior? We're going to modify your behavior. If you watch Lonesome Dove, old Tommy Lee Jones, he, he said he didn't like people who had some kind of behavior. And he would, that was his, his way of, of changing our behavior. Now, how many of you ever had some behavior issues? And you think, man, if I could just change my behavior. And there's nothing wrong with that thought. But understand something, if you've got an idol on your heart, you just can't change your behavior. Here's the way it works a lot of times. Addictions. I know probably no one here's ever had an addiction. I, I've, I've got one I've got, about got the victory over. Blue belt. But don't you tempt me. Because I hadn't quite con- conquered my behavior. I'll turn into another man. But here's what we do with our addictions. We go, okay, I've got an addiction to blue belt. So I'll just steer clear of the frozen food aisle. Well, what do you do when somebody brings it over to your house? My wife brought, what is that? Mint chocolate chip, slap your granny for another bite. And then she brought mint Oreos. She's trying to kill me. She knows I'm a diabetic. She knows I have an addiction problem. She knows I haven't been able to totally harness my behavior. Are you with me? And we try to just, uh, you know, I'm just going to modify my behavior. Oh, I got marriage troubles. I got marriage issues. I can't seem to get, you know, I've jumped out of the, you know, I've, I've jumped out of one relationship into another. And that boy, just everywhere I go. So I guess, I guess me and my husband, we need to go on date night more. Well, now that's, how many of you know date night's good? But if there's an idol issue, date night does you no good. Are you with me? So you can't just modify your behavior, financial issues, chronic indebtedness. Well, we just need to have plastic surgery. Cut up those credit cards. Now, that's a good thing. But if there's an idol in charge, you're still going to have issues. Are you with me? So you can't, hey, listen, you can't just medicate and get rid of your idols. You can't just mediate and, and just kind of negotiate with your idols. You can't just have your idols in moderation. Well, today I'm going to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I'm, but I'm just not going into the city. I'm just going to sit on the outside of the sin city and just everything's okay in moderation. And understand something, without the spirit of God's help, there's going to be no modification of your behavior. You can't just stop smoking and chewing and going with the girls that do if there's an idol on the throne room of your heart. 
Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 through 23 says something like this. It says, since you've been uh, uh, buried and, and, and died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, why do you continue to submit yourself to rules and regulations, catch this, that say don't touch, don't taste, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go with the girls with do. Basically, why are you trying to put together a, a, a system of do's and don'ts to get you through your issue. It says that sounds really good, but it is of no value against fleshly indulgence. Everyone say fleshly indulgence. Now, let me pause. Everybody put it. Aren't you glad for the pause button? Man, I mean, you just pause it, go get popcorn, come back and fast forward through the commercial. Could life get any better? Let me pause for a moment here. These rules we try to put ourselves in, don't touch, don't taste. I'm just going to quit doing this, quit doing that. I'm going to just start modifying my behavior. I'm not doing Have you ever told somebody, I'll never do that again? Come on, have you ever said it? Oh, I said a bad word. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. And then by dark 30, you done. Are you with me? It's hard to modify your behavior without the... And so he says, all these rules, I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It sounds real good, but it's of no value against fleshly indulgence. Pause. If you went over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, you know what you would find is one of the works of the flesh? Idolatry. In other words, trying to modify your behavior is not going to help you with your idol problem. Now, there's nothing wrong with modifying your behavior. I mean, you know, all of us can do a little. But when we're dealing with idols, it's, it's just not going to work. So are you with me? Say amen. And so we, we've got to realize these methodologies, and maybe you've got one I don't know about, they're flawed to the core. You can't medicate, you can't mediate, you can't moderate, and you can't just modify but let me tell you where we've got to start looking to. If we're going to dethrone these things out of our life, what really has to happen is what I call, what the Bible calls mortify or mortification. How many of you know mortification is a, is a killing? You ever heard the phrase, ah, the mortician, same root word. Let me show you some Bible verses that have to do with the reality that you can't mediate, you can't medicate, you can't moderate, and you can't modify, but you've got to learn to mortify. Everybody say mortify. Romans chapter 8, verse 13, you write it down. It says this, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Now, again, what did I just say about Galatians 5.20? Idolatry is a work of the flesh. Okay? If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit, everyone say through the Spirit, through the Spirit mortify, there's that word, that the deeds of the body or the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. You know, in just a moment, we're going to have baptism. You know what the picture of baptism is? My old man is dead. I'm bearing my old man, and I'm raised to walk in newness of life. Now, understand something that this is where the cooperative effort comes into play. Paul the Apostle in Romans 8, 13, For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you see it's you and the Holy Ghost that's got to begin to work together to, to bring an end 
to these things that are on the throne room of our hearts. And they began to dethrone them. That's why it's so important. I want to say it's so important. It's so important that you be here Wednesday night and begin to work together with your church family. We'll, it's a, a video presentation, then we're going to break up in small groups. I'm telling you, we're getting down to the core of dealing with these issues. It's, it, hey, it, it's time to quit trying these methodologies that I just shared. I, it's just moderation. I'm just going. I'm just going to. You know, I'm just going to do this a little bit. I'm just going to go here a little bit. I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, you know, set up close to it, but I'm not going to be a part of it. I, I'm, I'll always have plausible deniability in this thing, but I'm going to. I'm, I, I'm just going to do it in moderate. You got to stop that stuff and realize that Paul the apostle gets right to the to the core of the issue. He says, if if you keep living after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you there's the partnership by the spirit mortify bring to to death these things that have been uh, 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 entrenched on the throne rooms of our heart and you cause them to be killed in your life you will begin to really live are you with me here's another verse Colossians 3 5 and I love this one this is certainly applicable therefore Put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is what? Idolatry. In fact, one of the last verses, and I think it is the last verse of 1 John chapter 5, little children, keep yourself from idols. And so today, We've got to come to the place where we get honest with ourselves and begin to say, OMG, there may just be an idol on the throne room of my heart. Listen, let me throw this out to you. There's a lot of ways to self-diagnose. One is this, what takes up the majority of your mind? That might be an indicator of an idol in your life. Or what's the thing that you just can't get past? What's the thing that you just haven't been able to modify in your life? What's the thing that just keeps cropping up in the middle of your world and you just go, oh, gosh, I guess I'm just born that way. It could be an idol. And so we've got to come to the place where... Hey, can I, can I quote Popeye? I mean, he's not very spiritual. I don't think he's real. Aren't you glad? I don't think he's real. But I'll never forget as a kid, when he had had enough, and he got sick and tired of being sick and tired, he'd say, I've had all I can stand. And I can't stand no more. And out came, you remember? Um, listen, I'm trying to be humorous to kind of keep you from being feeling really bad. But listen, we've got to get to the place where we go, this thing's got to go. This thing's got to go. This false idol in my life, 
that is a modern day idol that may even be a good thing has got to come down. Now, today, that's, that's really all I want you to begin to see is the reality that there are modern day idols in our time that until they're dethroned, disposed of, pulled off the throne room of our hearts, and Jesus takes his rightful place, we're going to suffer from the consequences of those idols. In fact, next week, we're going to keep talking about this. In fact, you know what God said? I'm a jealous God. Now, when you think of jealousy, we'll talk about this more next week. You think, I remember in, in elementary school, you get real jealous with, from that, that cheerleader who stole your boyfriend. You know. Let me tell you something. Jealousy and zealous. Being jealous and zealous, the Hebrew word's the same. We think a zealous is very passionate for something. Let me tell you something. God is jealous over you because He created you. And He loves you. We're going to talk about that next week. He's so passionate over you. In fact, in the Old Testament, did you know it's all about idolatry? It's all about the people and their idols in their life. And the New Testament, God shows up again. He said, I love you so much that I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for you so you can be free from Egypt. Amen? How many of you want to be free from Egypt? And then Joshua, when they got to the promised land and got across, he concluded his ministry by saying, if you want to serve these other idols on the other side of the river, your past, your parents, or these present idols of our day, you go right ahead. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In fact, I want to pray for you today and then I'm going, to, I'm going to ask Kelly to come on up because we're going to sing a song. And I'm, In fact, I'm going to dismiss our baptismal candidates to go make their way to the baptistry. And, and so we're going to do that in a moment. And I don't want anyone to leave. No one leave. Look at your neighbor and say, no one leave. Because guess what? It's only 1150. What a miracle. Have y'all been praying for me? You have. I know your prayer life. Lord, help Pastor Sam not preach the law. I know you. Hey. How many of you got some idols that you want to come down in your life? Amen. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask my wife to come too. She's going to share some thoughts with us. Let's pray together. Father, today we declare you as the Lord of our life. And Lord, today we want to be obedient to the command of God. And Lord, you, I know you, you command us things because you love us so much. You want to fellowship with us. You want to be with us. And so today, by the Spirit, we ask you to expose these modern day idols that may be sitting comfortably on the throne room of our hearts. And Lord, help us cooperate with the Holy Spirit over these next few weeks to dethrone these issues.
to go to the root of the problem instead of always dealing with the fruit of the problem. Thank you for it today. In Jesus' name.